Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business of Medicine series on ENT in a Nutshell. I'm your host, Ashlyn Asseri, and today we have the pleasure of having Dr. Colin Driscoll on our show to discuss career development and leadership. Dr. Driscoll, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the conversation. Dr. Driscoll is a senior neurotologist who has practiced at a busy academic medical center for over 20 years. He has extensive experience in leadership positions within his department and institution, as well as external specialty societies. He has served as the chair of the Department of Otorhinolaryngology and is currently the interim chair for clinical genomics. Within his institution, he has participated in multiple committees related to clinical practice operations, facility infrastructure, IT, policy development, and selection of departmental chairs. Outside his institution, he has served as the chair of the board of directors of the American Cochlear Implant Alliance and held leadership positions in several societies. Today, he has joined us to shed some light on the significance of committee and leadership roles in career development. Dr. Driscoll, before we get into why one might pursue leadership positions within medicine, can you review the different types of membership or leadership positions one might consider? Certainly. So there's uh, probably no shortage of opportunities out there, and I've thought of different um, spheres through my time. Um, clearly, you look in your immediate surroundings initially, you know, within your department, within your section of the department, and then you can start to look more broadly outside the department, and but maybe still in familiar areas like clinical practice or research, if that's your thing, things that you kind of know about in your day job. And then you can look beyond that within your institution. Uh, you mentioned IT in the, the intro. I'm not an IT person, but I was involved in IT things, uh, just a different opportunity as well as facilities. And then uh, you can start to reach outside your your institution. There's always the academy, so your main organization. Many, many options uh, for involvement uh, through the academy. I think it's a great way to get introduced to lots of people and different opportunities. And then there's uh, specialty societies, which run in a different way, and interest groups. There's government and policy. There's uh, I've done things like beyond the newborn hearing screening program development, you know, to figure out what in Minnesota we should do for newborn hearing screening. So there are lots of different opportunities. So what are some of the benefits of getting involved in these types of groups in a membership or even a leadership capacity? I guess you could look at that in a couple different ways. So you could think of benefits to yourself, but probably more importantly, what are the benefits to to medicine, to our patients, and to our organizations. We should get involved to help patient care become better. All of our processes lead to better outcomes. There's also you know, personal satisfaction in these things, personal development, a sense of accomplishment that you can attain. And you know, you're the one that has to define what is important to you in those realms. But get involved because we need people to be involved. You know, we tend to have very well-defined clinical roles um, with very specific skill sets that are required to practice clinical medicine and directly interact with patients. But some of these leadership skills may be a little bit more elusive. What are some of the skills or knowledge base that are required uh, to participate in some of these committees or leadership opportunities? It would be great if there was just uh, a little thing at Home Depot or somewhere where you just go, oh, there's the leadership skill set. I'll just get one of those. But I don't think that exists, right? 
there's a lot of books out there, and it's interesting. I, I, I have mixed feelings about a lot of the leadership books, and I've read more and more. And every book, I, you learn something, but I also come away with the idea that, or the sense that, okay, well, this is one sort of aspect of leadership. This is one nuance to it, or you know, a couple in bundled together in a book. But to be effective, I think you need to use them all, and you need to use them all all the time. I think people need to find their way to you know where they're meant to be. Where, where do they find interest, passion, confidence? You know, where do you see yourself fit with your skill set? We all have our. I don't know if I should say natural skill set because these things are, I believe, a combination of natural and learned. But you have your things you're going to be good at, just like your. Let's say otolaryngology. We're talking about surgery. Um, there's different types of surgeries in ENT. There's say more creative side on on the facial plastics, maybe and reconstructive. That's a different mindset than microsurgery that I might do as an otologist. And you have to find the area that you're you're meant to be in. If someone ultimately decides to participate in a new activity group or committee, what are some of the skills or knowledge base that they can expect to hone in on um, and maybe some of the learning opportunities that are involved in this type of work? Um, There's no shortage of things to learn, it seems. And one of the things that I've really liked about being involved in different things is you're constantly learning. Uh, you're learning the, the subject matter, which can be invigorating. It's you're learning about people and processes. And a lot of the success comes from understanding people and how to motivate people, how to work with people, understanding where people are coming from. And every experience you have, you you can gain knowledge. And I can say, I'll say you can gain knowledge, but that every it's not a passive thing, right? It's an active thing. It's thinking about, well, why is this working? Why is this not working? What motivates this person? Why are they not responding in the way I think that they ought to be responding to what I'm doing or not doing? And and so all those experiences give you an opportunity to see someone different, see a process differently, and uh, different groups come with different personalities. And learning um, learning those nuances, I think, becomes important. You know, you mentioned that different types of uh, literature around leadership uh, and management may discuss specific tactics or skills that are involved in leading a group, for example. Um, but I do think that participation in some of these opportunities can help with practicing those skills or, you know, practically applying some of those more abstract concepts. Switching gears a little bit, how does participating in either a departmental, institutional, or societal committee help you advance your career and potentially set you up for future success? So I think you should take advantage of opportunities that interest you. You could take multiple different pathways and be successful and wildly happy in in your career, right? There isn't a one pathway, that one right thing to do. I don't believe I've ever taken a position with the idea that I'm going to do this, even though I'm not really interested in it, so that I can get to something else. I've always done the things because either they interest me or they need to be done and you you contribute. So I would say, you know, do the things that are interesting to you, (laughs) that you have have some passion for, or that are, are a service, a service. And you will find uh, you'll find the things that you like 
you may be surprised that things that you didn't think were going to be interesting that you did all of a sudden open up doors. Um, I've heard many stories, um, one from a, a former senior leader here who uh, was enticed into becoming an editor of one of the journals. He had no interest in really doing it, and he was encouraged to do it, and he did it, and it was one of the best decisions he said he ever made. He loved it once he got into it. And I think that that happens a lot. Were there any specific leadership positions that particularly you thought were helpful in your personal growth or specific aspects of those positions that you thought were particularly helpful to learn? There's different stages. So, you know, the beginning, it's smaller groups, smaller things, less critical in a way, but they're equally important because you can't really progress successfully unless you understand some of the fundamental things and figure out some of the fundamental things, right? And so how do you run a good meeting? There's an art to it. I'm not saying I know the art, um, but I know there is an art to it. So early on, small groups, small meetings, you're trying to achieve something, right? And learning those skills. And that's where I I find the leadership books and um, information really helpful in parallel as you do these things. You have some personal experience. You can read about it. Maybe it helps you understand why it went this way or that way. You know, I encourage people to get somebody, a a trusted colleague near them to, to debrief with at times. And it's hard to build that kind of a trusting relationship. For us, we have an administrative partner, and talking to that administrative partner after a meeting, how'd that go? What, what you know, what should I have done, or what, how did you read that? So those smaller things in the beginning, and then you you build on that, right, uh, to more and more complex, uh, more and more high stakes. From a practical standpoint, sometimes when we are offered an opportunity uh, to either join a committee or lead a group. What are some of the factors that you might take into consideration when you're deciding whether you should pursue that? And how can you tell if an opportunity is, quote unquote, as good as it seems on the outside? I support the general advice of take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. Uh, There's always something to learn. And if you feel like you're not learning in some opportunity, then I challenge you to look a little harder uh, because there is something to take away from it. You don't need to stay in opportunities. So if it's not working out for whatever reason, you have new opportunities, you need to move on to something else, then move on to something else. But I think you should take advantage of of all the opportunities, and that helps you really figure out what's most important to you and start to learn these these skills. What are some of the drawbacks of getting involved in um, either within groups or as a leader? And did some of the experiences you signed up for not turn out as you expected? Yeah, for sure. I've definitely had things that turned out much more positive than I, I thought they might. I've come to realize one thing I don't want to do anymore. And there are a lot of really enthusiastic people in our world, right? They have great ideas. You're part of some work group, society. But the reality is you have limited resources and people have limited commitment because they all have other jobs. And so you get together once in a while at a meeting or something and everybody has these wonderful ideas and these grand plans and we're going to go and do this and that. And most of the time those have never worked out because they just don't have the the long-term strategy for success and the financial backing or the time backing. I get enthusiastic, but now I realize that my time is better spent elsewhere. 
We previously discussed the importance of taking advantage of opportunities early on in your career, even in residency or fellowship. Do you think that getting involved in committees such as academy committees is something that is important to do early on as well? I don't know about the timing necessarily, whether it's better or worse. Um, I was on the scientific program committee for the academy very early on, thanks to a supportive colleague. and. That was a great introduction to the academy. Everybody has graduated medical school, gone through a residency program. Everybody is fully prepared to take on major responsibilities when you're, when you're done with training. Don't underestimate your capabilities. That sort of hits home as you get older and you realize the president of the United States, maybe not this time, but can be younger than you. People running major companies are younger than you. So don't underestimate what you can do. I don't think you should be shy about pursuing things you think you're interested in. Reach out to people who are currently on the committee, running the committees. If you're interested in in policy, then seek those people out. Call them up. Send them an email. Contact them. Get yourself involved. Don't just wait for somebody to, to show up. I think sometimes the passive ways to get on committees, you know, filling out a form that says you might be interested, aren't always effective. You touched on this a little bit, but I think it's important to emphasize that one of the main benefits of participating in different committees or groups like this can be just the aspect of networking with different people in your specialty or even outside of your specialty. And that can be a powerful tool for career development in the future as well. For our listeners who are interested in learning more about getting involved or actually just getting involved in some committees or uh, other leadership opportunities, what resources do you recommend for them? I think you mentioned networking and just getting to know people. That's still the way that I think I've gotten involved in most everything. Like you said, the more opportunities you get involved in, the more people you know, the more likely somebody's going to think of you for another potential role. That's not a great system. And as we all know, from a, a bias standpoint, an inclusion standpoint, but it's the way that we work as humans. Um, okay, I need to put together some project team. The people that pop into your head are the people that you know and trust. So I, I think um, get to know people, work with your local sphere of people. So who's around you that's doing things that might be interesting? Who's around you that knows people um, who might have an opportunity for you to get involved in? Um, they're very clearly, you know, pathways for the academy and, and some structured pathways to get involved in societies and things, and you should seek those out. Dr. Driscoll, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on our show. Do you have any last words of advice for our listeners? I have one suggestion, and I don't know what the right timing will be for you as you, as you uh, go through your career, but you know, we're all kind of on our own to learn a lot of these things, even though there are leadership training things that go on periodically. Yeah, there's uh, At some point, you have to take personal responsibility for learning it and applying it and, and getting better. And one of the things that I found really helpful here uh, when I became chair of ENT was there was a group of about a dozen of us that would meet on a every other week basis. Everybody was chairs of departments or big divisions. And it was run by a leadership development person. And we had a lot of conversations, sometimes about the nuts and bolts of, of decision-making. How do you 
distribute category time amongst your faculty? Um, how do you manage, you know, away policy or whatever? But also some of it was about, you know, higher level leadership discussions and strategies and things. And I think that group was a, a wonderful way to talk through things um, in, a, in a very a safe and collaborative environment. So I would suggest that you, if you find yourself in leadership positions or marching that way and that's of interest to you, try and find some other people who are in similar types of um, situations and connect and connect on a regular basis and try and, you know, if you can have somebody who's more of an expert in leadership development, generate the the discussion points maybe. You know, more recently we've been using the Harvard Business Review articles. It's just a talking point. But I, you know, otherwise we're, we're sometimes on an island and we're all, we all have very busy day jobs, right? We're seeing patients, we're doing surgery, we're doing research. And the, the business side, the leadership side is, is down on the priority level to some degree. And maybe it goes back to being deliberate and setting this, this is a priority. I'm going to, on a regular basis, learn something about this. I think that's a fantastic way of not only building camaraderie with colleagues, but also Another method to potentially receive feedback um, and help with leadership development skills. Well, Dr. Driscoll, thank you so much for joining us on our show today. That about wraps up our episode of ENT in a Nutshell. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.